Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organisation improve performance. So welcome along to the podcast, everybody. I'm Karen Ward, and my guests today are Danella Ezekiel and Margaret Bishop, two of our experienced organisation consultants. So hi, Danella and Margaret, and thanks for joining us today to talk about reverse mentoring. It would be great if you could introduce yourselves to our listeners and give us a quick overview of your experience and background. Margaret, maybe you could um, start and tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so thanks, Karen. Uh, So I've been working with organisations for over 20 years, supporting people through change, as often individual leaders, senior teams, but increasingly uh, I, get, I get really interested in creating the opportunity for people to connect across the system and to uh, share ideas and learn from people that they don't normally interact with in their everyday working lives. Um, and reverse mentoring is a really good example of this. Sounds great. And maybe Danella, you could tell us a bit about yourself. Sure, Karen. I think as a consultant, one of the things I've often been drawn to is the power of learning and wisdom that emerges informally. And it's often provided by those outside of hierarchical, powerful structures and just from employees and more junior people. And I think that's where reverse mentoring comes in uh, to its own. Brilliant. That sounds great. So thanks so much for your time today. Um, I think it'd be great if you could firstly tell us a little bit more about reverse mentoring, you know, what it is, and then maybe we can go on to talk a bit more about how and why it's so relevant right now in these uncertain times. Um, So maybe one of the things to um, start with is ask how you would distinguish it from traditional mentoring. My idea of traditional mentoring has always been um, something like an elder, like Yoda, for example, advising the young Jedi, Luke, you know. Um, So maybe you can just sort of, you know, tell us some of the differences between traditional mentoring and reverse mentoring. Well, I think that's great. I think that's a much more colourful way of than a normal definition of mentoring, but that's exactly what mentoring is. You know, the person who has the expertise and insight often to support the less experienced challenges um, that people face, and these are often more junior. Now, in reverse mentoring, actually, it's the more senior individuals like, say, an executive board member, an executive leader, who becomes the mentee. And that's because they need to often gain or want to gain fresh insight, perspectives. They want to benefit from the lived experience of somebody who is more junior or has an experience that they don't have. And they certainly can learn from less senior individuals. And that's why reverse mentoring is very powerful. So I'd also like to add to what Danelle is saying that actually we're seeing a progression from sometimes it being called um, reverse mentoring, but also being called mutual mentoring. Uh, just to highlight the fact that the relationship between the mentor and the mentee is more obviously reciprocal because they really do both both sides really do get something out of it so they are you know jointly contributing to to co-creating something together so i think that's worth saying brilliant yeah no that that sounds like a um, great definition and it sort of makes it clear the difference um but the big question of course these days is it something that can be done virtually Well, I'll answer that because the short answer is yes, I think. Uh, I mean, especially now since COVID-19, we absolutely are convinced and know that one can build trust, relationships, and a lot of learning happens virtually. It's happening all the time in the world. So there's no reason why 
reverse mentoring doesn't achieve that. That's what reverse mentoring is often about. I think we've got so many different stories to share about reverse mentoring that we've done, uh, but we'd love to share perhaps one particular one. And Margaret, won't you just start that off? Yes. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Um, so Damella and I have been working uh, recently on a with an organization and the context here was it was around diversity and inclusion which is one of the things that reverse mentoring works really well for uh, and their uh, the thing that they wanted to do was around achieving their own internal standards and really accelerating that um, particularly around representation of minority groups at senior levels uh, now they knew that wouldn't happen overnight but they still uh, wanted to work with us to to help move move the dial on that uh, so we designed with them a reverse mentoring program uh, to really help the exec team understand, you know, the challenges faced by minority staff and wanting to make and so they could help to make changes based on the real life experiences rather than based on assumptions about what was needed. Sounds like a great example. Thank you. It's always good to get, um, you know, real life examples to bring this to life. Um, so why do you think reverse mentoring is particularly useful for um, diversity and inclusion? I think that's a really important question, Karen. I think quite often diversity and inclusion is tackled through training programs, trying to get people to shift their attitude. Uh, this, with this sort of process, um, the diversity and inclusion is actually designed into it by its very nature, because you're bringing people together who are very diverse. And what you're doing is you're shifting relationships, you're shifting, you're um, increasing the trust massively. People are getting each other's reality and they get some very profound insights. They can also make decisions together. So you're getting something that is actually sort of systemic and actually live um, and it's connected. Whereas, you know, some training programs can be kind of slightly disconnected um, and just only be targeted at certain groups. So that's why I really like this process as a way of really working with diversity and inclusion in a very positive way. And I think just to add to that, you know, Often diversity and inclusion is a strategy, a top-down strategy that then needs to get implemented. Uh, whereas here, some of the things that will work in an organisation in diversity and inclusion are often, as Margaret said, decided upon or thought and shaped through the conversations. And that makes it something that can be really embraced by everybody in the organisation. Uh, so it's, a, it, it, it's again, it's a reversal. It's not a top-down, here's the strategy, go and implement it. Excellent. I, I think, think that's, that's where, yeah, and I think that's where you can see how um, effective or more powerful perhaps reverse mentoring can be in that instance. Maybe you can tell us a bit more about the, the sort of process and practicalities of how a reverse mentoring program like that can actually work. Hmm. Well, I think it starts very much with um, the the strategy and scoping. It has to be fit for purpose because different organizations will have slightly different intentions. And in this particular client, they have an overall strategy as described by uh, Margaret. The important bit and what was really wonderful to work with this organization is they were intent on this not being a tick box exercise and that diversity inclusion needed to be quite a holistic uh, focus. And so we scoped how this reverse mentoring program would work within that. And the scoping is important. And, and then there's also a discovery process, which is, on the one hand, we work with potential mentors uh, and um, on, on a one-to-one -one basis, as well as the talk to the 
mentees. Margaret, why don't you just say a bit more about that, perhaps? Yes. So we run quite a few focus groups for the mentors. And, and just to be clear, of course, they are the, the they tend to be the people who are more the frontline staff. Um, and so the, the mentors, we bring them together and we really it's an opportunity for them to uh, voice some of their uh, their interest in the programme. Uh, they get they get a chance to meet other people who are going to be mentors on the programme and to get a sense of we get a sense of what's on their minds and what they want to achieve and also any we get have a chance to dispel any fears um, so there was a huge amount of uh, enthusiasm for getting involved um, they really did feel that the organization was uh, really behind them and they were glad to be invited but some of the anxieties came out you know like will my voice be heard will i be seen as you know difficult if i get involved is it okay to rock the boat so these are these are very important. We got to hear some of their stories as well about whether it's an experience of prejudice from customers or unconscious bias from colleagues. So this is really good grounding to uh, build rapport with them and help them to sort of feel it's OK to be involved. The other thing we did very early on is is the one to one with senior leaders. So uh, this is, again is, is very important. It gives them a chance to focus on what the potential is for the programme. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, the main thing that comes out is how important it is to listen to different voices so that they the, the organization can be aware of opportunities and challenges and as one senior leader said you know if we're not connected we just have a load of assumptions and we need to make decisions grounded in reality or we won't get anywhere brilliant that yeah and that's a really good point isn't it about um assumptions that it must be good to um you know get over those and um get to the the nitty-gritty that can be really helpful um so how else would you prepare mentors and mentees and, and move the relationships along well i think um just to pick up on what margaret said it suddenly struck me is that there is an assumption sometimes that it is the you know it is the mentors the more junior people who are going to be hesitant and a little bit anxious actually one of the one-to-ones that we had the, the, the mentee, a very senior executive, they were hesitant, they had anxieties, and that in itself is something that's part of the process. So reverse mentoring is something where people do discover each other's assumptions, anxieties. And so we uh, one of the things we do is we hold a half-day session, skills for the mentors, uh, before we carry on. And the reason for this is that it is important that they can gain confidence um, help them realize their own capability uh, and some and give them some additional skills we know from years of facilitating mental processes that one of the most important elements we can provide is just how to set up the conditions for developing high trust safety uh, especially when it's on topics dni and while margaret and i are being very enthusiastic here and showing what the great potential is let's face it it isn't easy for somebody who doesn't have um, a, a position to be able to name what's important to them, to give an opinion around some of the unsaids that are in organisations, to do it honestly, uh, without judgment, but there's some directness. And so just being able to give those people skills, which are actually lifelong skills anyway, and should be in an organisation, that's what we, did, we develop in the mentors before they even have their mentor-mentee um, conversation. So, Margaret, when do the um, mentees and mentors actually get to meet each other? Yeah, well, I think that's a really good question, something that we always give a lot of thought to. Um, so they are paired up um, and the organisation, uh, we, we ask them to get involved in that because um, obviously they know the people better than we do. And then we facilitate that first meeting. We don't just leave them to it. 
so we convene a, a workshop with pairs of mentors and mentees. And the reason we do that, the, sort of the objectives of that is to is for them to have a shared understanding of the purpose of reverse mentoring, um, really build the trust and the relationship for, that's needed for the uh, successful programme so they get each other's reality, um, share their expectations and hopes and any worries, and to give them some structure and guidelines and actually get their um, first meeting on their own in their diaries. Uh, so one of the things we do with them to build that trust, we do a, an exercise which is what we call personal storyboard. They use images and photos and tell their own story through those pictures, what's shaped them, what they care about, what their experiences already are of the topic, in this case, diversity and inclusion. Um, so they really get to understand each other's sort of, you know, where they're coming from. Uh, and it's a chance to overturn some assumptions. And I've, you know, we've seen some lovely things over the years about people who'd not normally interact at all, um, bond over shared passion for, oh, it could be anything, cooking, sport, pride in their work or family, which really brings down some of the barriers and bring and builds that that trust that they need to make this uh, to make any reverse mentoring process work really well. Excellent. So, um, so what sort of things do you think can be achieved in reverse mentoring that's perhaps different to traditional mentoring or employee development? So after what we've done, what Margaret just described, the another important thing is that reverse mentoring is really good between mentor and mentee. It builds a relationship. But at the end of the day, we're trying to help the organization have an overall impact. So we bring the, um, the, the pairs who've been talking to each other into a whole circle. And in this particular example, we had 12 people, six mentees, mentors, and they practice and learn some dialogue skills. And the reason for that is they talk about what are the new insights that they gained from um, talking to each other one-on-one? -on -one. What were their surprises? Uh, what are some of the assumptions they had? And they have quite a honest and open conversation about what needs to happen next. Um, there's a, some very good contracting and they even talk about their, their concerns and their fears. And this really does take it from an individual intervention, uh, peer intervention, into already a, a cohort, which I think is what we're trying to create in the mentoring, the reverse mentoring. No, that's really good. And it sounds like that sort of approach can be really powerful, you know, like com the conversations and stuff. That's a really powerful thing to um, get that relationship off the ground. I think that, you know, based on what I've just said, perhaps shifting the culture and the individual behavior. I think we really are looking at that. And this is by leveling the power dynamics. That's not easily done. It can be written about and spoken about, but this is a lived experience of that. So I think that can be achieved. I think Margaret and I have found that, you know, this is a way of challenging often unhelpful perspectives, you know, that the knowledge and the solutions reside in the hierarchical structure. And we now know more than ever in this current, uh, you know, in in the pandemic, that the world's changing so much and the future is uncertain with leaders not having many of the answers. I think reverse mentoring can really facilitate a change where those more junior people can become change agents as well. And I'm sure there are many more, but that's, you know, off the top of my head. Yeah, no, and I think that's really relevant, isn't it? I mean, going back to technology, you know, in the current time of coronavirus, you can see how reverse mentoring um, is, is in action 
at the moment because people are getting to grips with working from home with new technologies and new ways of working and often look into maybe some of those junior or younger colleagues to help them with that so it's kind of seeing that in action right now isn't it um so we've referred to it as reverse mentoring you know throughout the podcast and i can see why that phrase is is commonly used um but also margaret mentioned mutual as well in this in this conversation it's you know it it can be seen very much about mutual mentoring with both parties getting a lot out of it you know there's mutual benefits for both um so yeah so reverse mentoring or mutual mentoring you know it's um it's an interesting topic and um as much more we can um talk about i'm sure but for for another time but i just wanted to say thanks Danella and margaret for your you know insights today and um giving us a great overview of what reverse mentoring is so thank you very much The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.